Welcome to That Creative Life. Hi, my name is Sarah Dietschy and I am your host. I talk with artists, YouTubers, CEOs, and everyone in between. I hope this podcast helps you live your best creative life. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of That Creative Life. Today, we have a special guest, Timothy Goodman. Thank you so much for being on. You are a New York City designer, illustrator, muralist, and author. A lot of your collabs are just the coolest, the coolest. I mean, your your episode on Patriot with Hassan Minhaj uh-huh. was legendary. You've collabed with Uniqlo. You have murals around the world. You have a book with Jessica Walsh. And recently, you have six billboards up in LA in collaboration with Rare Forms. So, Timothy, welcome. And you're a busy guy. Great to be here. <laughs> Not too busy for you, Sarah. Of course. Of course. Anytime. Thank you. Thank Always. you. Yeah, yeah so course. what are what are you pumped about right now? Tell me a little bit about what you've been up to because it's it's crazy times, man. <laughs> it is crazy times. It's hard. It's kind of a weird time to be like achy, like pumped for something in a lot of ways, you know. Um, but we try to. We have to. Obviously, we have to continue forward and we have to keep going amidst. Obviously, we're in the middle of still of a global pandemic. And, you know, I, I posted something on Instagram early on, like back in March about because, you know, you would just see people like saying like, now's the time, you know, so-and-so <laughs> did this great thing in 1918 when yeah. they were going, Isaac you know, Newton whatever. discovered yeah. gravity during the bubonic like, plague. What are you going to do? Have, yeah, now you have, it's like, uh, no, like, <laughs> it's okay if you can't start that like big, huge personal project you've always been putting off because we're in the middle of a global fucking pandemic and like, uh, you know, all kinds of like emotions are going on. People are losing jobs and money and like you have to support, you know, like real life shit's happening. And like, even if that's not even happening, like it's just so hard to focus. It was so hard for me to focus for so many months early on, you know? Um, so it's a weird, you know, it's weird. obviously we're kind of like still in the midst of it, but like acting like life is kind of going on as people die, but uh, you know, and we have election coming up soon too. So, <laughs> so there's a lot going on. I don't need yeah. to tell. I don't need to tell you or anybody any of this stuff. So, well, hey. but I try. I try to find inspiration, of course. Yeah. Um, and try to you know, and try to find normality through it all. And for me, I'm lucky that my work helps me kind of find that normality. You know, I'm very. Uh, I love doing what I do. I feel very privileged and honored to do what I do. And so I don't take any of it for granted. So you try to find those like nooks of peace through through the whole process. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a time where in March, I just felt so useless. I was like, what is going on? Um, And making YouTube videos was really weird, but throughout everything, I've had a lot of great feedback with this podcast. It's kind of just like a, just highlights of people's Monday. They get a little inspo. They get, you know, some wise words from some creative legends. So thank you so much for being on. And um, you've had, you've had so many cool projects and you, you do art in a way that is so cool to see because it's so, it seems so true to you but then we we see it through ways that oh man he's making a living doing this this is so cool this is so inspiring so i think from a lot of your projects people do draw a lot of inspiration so um before we get into some of those those cool projects what is your origin story where are you from i feel like i don't know like where timothy goodman came from cleveland is the city that we run run from yeah cleveland 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 uh cleveland ohio born and raised uh, moved out here, uh, 
to go to art school at SVA. Uh, so I'm very much like I've lived here for like this 16 years. Wow. This, this month wow. is my anniversary. And I still love New York more than ever. I felt like I was a New Yorker before I ever moved here. Yeah. You know, sometimes you ever just feel like you're born in the wrong place. I don't know. Yeah. Where, where are you from, Sarah? So I'm from Dallas, Texas. So oh, okay. the first time I've been here for four years now. Okay. And the, fir the first time I ever came to New York and the buildings and the people, I just had no idea that a city and it's known to drain people, but it's always given me crazy energy. And that's yeah. what everyone always says, the energy. But it, I feel like it was so true coming from Texas where, you know, it was, it was a decent bubble to grow up in, but there's none of yeah. that creative energy none of the energy of like oh snap people yeah. are doing stuff <laughs> well that's the weird thing about this whole like new york city's dead kind of thing and like sure some version of it is dead to everyone and some version of it is going to be dead to certain kinds of people that maybe only came here to suck the resources out of the city <laughs> like this but there's a real thriving community of people yeah. here and hopefully in some way it's some sort of like you know some blessing in disguise with everyone leaving you know kind of like all the banker types and stuff leaving because you know obviously it's going to affect prices and everything but like maybe it's like shedding of a skin in some way that like the, and because i don't think in this digital age no matter how many times we can do these zoom things we still want to be around other creative people other people that are, are inspiring us other we want to you know you got to get in where you fit in and like i think new york is always going to be about that in some aspect and that's the thing that I think is so beautiful about a city like New York, you know? And so in some way, maybe it's great that like so many uh, kinds of people are, are shedding, you know? Right. And it, because I think. Yeah. And I feel like maybe so it gets many... more affordable to live here exactly. too. And then, well, yeah, I got a three months that. rent. I, I moved back to Manhattan from Brooklyn and it was, so it was a uh, decent opportunity for me to be like, Hey, this apartment just oh, became yeah. much more affordable. Let's go. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Let's yeah, yeah. do it. Full size oven. Hello. Live in the life. Yeah. <laughs> so I really like, you know, I really own that. Like I'm a New York city artist, you know, like it's, it's so much a part of my identity as an artist in a way, uh, because it's just given me a, a career. It's given me so many opportunities. It's given me, uh, not, not just like with my, my work and my career, but just like to, you know, I think we all come here to, to find ourselves, um, to relate to, to things, you know, cause we, maybe we weren't, um, fulfilled in the places we came from, you know, the towns we came from and, and you come here with a, with a dream, with a goal, you want to find a community of kinds of different kinds of people that, that make sense for you. And, uh, and, you know, I, I feel loyal to that, you know, so I don't want, I want to stay here. I want to spend my money here. I want to, you know, invest back into this, like into the this, this city as yeah. much as I can. So not really sure what the question was. But. <laughs> no, that was great. And <laughs> with that, doing art in New York City, a lot of times you, you share these moments where you spend all this time on a piece and your art is very detailed. And, and how long will it take you to do a piece like out, out and about, like on, on some scaffolding or? Actually, you know, my whole goal is to do it as quick as possible. Because okay. so you I almost have to, right? So you don't I get do caught. <laughs> Well, yeah, when I do, when I'm doing illegal stuff, that's a whole different thing. Um, but I do two different kinds of styles. You know, I do this kind of uh, freestyle line drawing thing, which is very much just uh, improv. Like it's just like, you know, um, and I do that for myself and I do that. I'm hired by, by, by clients and brands to do that. So, so 
depending on what it's about, like the content is geared towards those brands or whatever. But I, it's a freestyle. Like I, so it takes me, you know, I can do a 50 foot wall in, in seven hours or something, you know, like a 10 foot high wall by 50 feet long. I can do that in 10 hours or something like that. Sometimes I can do it much quicker if I'm using a thicker marker. Um, and I don't have to like, maybe if I have, you know, if I'm just doing it for myself and I have less kind of like brand guidelines I need to follow or something. So those go very quick, you know, I, I, and the whole point of that is that, you know, so I don't have a lot of patience as I'm a big believer in like our behaviors drive the things we create, you know what I mean? Like I'm a person who's inherently kind of impatient. Uh, I like to just create things really fast. And so, um, that's kind of like geared why I started doing these things quickly and it becomes almost a performance in a sense. You know, and because I don't want to labor over it. I want to be done in a day. I don't want to come back tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's a weird kind of a thing. Uh, and that, so that drives the style that informs the style. That's how, so when you keep doing something over and over, it kind of like informs it and then it becomes its own, it, 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 it takes on its own life force through that. So, so I do that. And then I also do this whole like big chunky letter wonky letters, you know, that I write these statements and they're like these big letters that are all, now that's a whole different process that takes much longer. Um, because generally I have to do that as a sketch first and then I project it on the wall and I have helpers and they tr we trace it with chalk and tape it and paint it in. Where do you paint. sketch that? What, uh, I do that. Uh, no, I do that by hand. Sometimes okay. I do it by hand. I, some, I do, you know, I have procreate on my iPad and I play with that and I do things on that. But a lot of times, you know, if I'm doing a, a large scale mural with, with the things I write in my, my words, I do that by hand with like a big piece of paper, tracing paper, in proportion to size, scan it in. Then I alter it digitally, whether it's Photoshop or Illustrator, and then we project it and I have helpers. So that's a, that's a much oh, different cool. process that can take longer, that yeah. takes a lot longer than the freestyle thing. What do you use to scan it in? Do you use one of those Adobe iPhone apps? No, I'm bad. I just take a picture and then picture? I bring it yeah. in and like, you know, pump right. up the levels. Trace and it and illustrate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. it's, all, it's always a different process depending on what it's for. If it's something that I'm just, if it's just a piece of art that I'm going to project on a wall and trace, I don't really care. Like, I don't care how like high res it is or anything because it doesn't matter. I'm just trace. But I get hired off by brands to do these things, you know, whether they're on clothing or a bag or, you know, or even if something that like these billboards I did in LA, those, they printed those. So, so I have to be uh, more precious about the process and I have to make sure I've like converted to vector and so it can blow up at any size and stuff like that. So, so it's a little bit different. So it's always, it's always different depending on what the project yeah. is. So when you do yeah. art out and about that isn't for brands and you're proud of it, you take a pic, you leave, and then the next day someone's painting over it. Is, is there just like <laughs> yeah. the ultimate feeling of disappointment or by now have you kind of been like, okay, I guess it's the part of part of doing that. Yeah, it's part of doing it. Um, I think that if it could go like a week, when it's the next <laughs> That's day- That's what you're aiming for. I'm a little bit like, I'm a little heartbroken when it's been like 24 hours, depending on what I did. But there's something kind of beautiful about this fleeting kind of ephemeral moment, you know? Uh, you know, and sometimes I'm like, I get it. Like if I'm writing a big statement that's like, you know, um, go tell a racist that they're fucking racist <laughs> on the side of Louis Vuitton, 
and it's been over in a day. I get it. Like, I like you, had, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but sometimes I do something like I feel like I'm contributing to, you know, if there's a big, long, ugly green construction thing that wraps a corner of a street and I put drawings all over it. I feel like I'm contributing to the landscape of the neighborhood in a way. People like it's so fun doing these at early in the morning. I get up at like 430 or five in the morning and I go out and I do them. I usually have like my assistant John or something with me and people, you know, it's like those old old school like New Yorkers, like like walking their dog, getting coffee at six in the morning and they thank me, you know, they thank me for putting art in the neighborhood. This one woman, this old lady gave me $20 once. She was like, take this. You, she thought she must have thought I was like some struggling artist. She's like, you thank you so much for contributing. And I, I was like, I don't want it. I don't need it. Please tape it. And she was like, you better take it. I was like, all right, all right, I'll take the money. And there was a, you know, these special kind of New York moments. That- I love that. I love that. Are you a morning person then? Has, has that adjusted your, your schedule permanently? No, because I don't do them like, you know, it, I go through streaks where yeah. I might not do it for like a month or two. I'm, I'm trying to it. figure out how to adjust. I'm such a night owl. And then everyone yeah. around me works. Well, they're normal humans. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'm struggling right now. I'm trying to ask people, okay, how do you wake up before 10? I need help. Mm. Well, what time do you go to bed? <laughs> like two-ish, three. Yeah. So I, I, I should start there, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it depends with me. I'm generally kind of a morning person, not too early, but if I, it depends what's going on, you know, if I, if I have like something I'm really excited about, I'm working on, or there's something that's pressing and there's deadlines, I might want to work late and wake up later. Like sometimes I want to get it done, but then I'm also like this person that loves to like, like even this morning I'm doing something. So I woke up at like seven this morning, which is, I usually try to wake up at eight. Yeah. Today I was kind of like I popped up and I was ready and I got some coffee and there was something. That, that's like good nice. that you can do that. <laughs> Put on a podcast. Yeah. Like, I'm like just yeah. ease into the day. That's that's and then what it's I'm like going by for. Nine o'clock, you feel like you're so accomplished by like nine a.m. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what's you're like, good, New York? I'm ready nine. for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. I'm I'm working on it. So a lot of people, I'm sure, when they see your page, they see and I get this question all the time how do you work with brands how do you get there and usually it's the the beginning stages that are the hardest and then things just tend to really uh what's the word compound once you start doing things and you can show that hey look i have a body of work that other brands can look at and say hey i want a version of that but a lot of people are fascinated by or just don't know man what was that first job because i'm sure when you started illustrating, started, you know, doing creative work. I'm sure there were outside forces, maybe if there were parents, family, peers that were like, uh, okay, good luck with that, making making money with your art. And now you you've you've proven that hey, it's possible. But what were some of those first jobs and what were some of the challenges going into making your art your job? Yeah, I mean I went to so I went to SVA art school, but I went for graphic design. So I was already kind of like how do they say hedging your bets? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so like graphic design is a generally like, you know, safer. more like a safer version of like, you know, but there's a, there's a real like uh, concern about that too, because you can become just like a, like a cog in a, in a crazy corporate world designing brochures or whatever, you know, and like, um, and I worked, you know, I was a book jacket designer for the first year. But yeah, so I always kind of like had an intuition about what I, where I wanted to be and, and always kind of kept hedging my bets, playing it safe, 
but making sure I had time to, to work on things I really wanted to work on. So I was always like, now I'm not saying it was always healthy because I was like working way too much and I wasn't letting like certain, you know, I was like probably, uh, you know, probably not, not the best friend or son. Phases of or, life. You know, you know, you know, so yeah, exactly. So I was a book jacket designer for the first year after school. Uh, then I worked in uh, for a man named Brian Collins, who's got this great branding firm here in New York. And I worked for him for three years. So I was learning the ins and outs and becoming a better designer and really understanding how this all worked. And, and you know, just I was trying to just make money and save money. Uh, and so through that, those first four years, and then I went to Apple for one year. I moved to San wow. Francisco. I got a job at Apple and I went there for, so the first four years of my career was book jackets, branding, Apple. And through that time, I basically didn't take a vacation. <laughs> I didn't do anything except save money and do freelance. I did stuff on the side. So I'd be like rushing home every night to do like I was anything I could get. I started doing like these little editorial illustrations for magazines. And I was doing all these kind of like, I was doing anything I could get. Someone wanted to, wanted me to do a poster for them. You know, I was really just kind of like exhausting all like uh, visual possibilities trying to figure out what my identity was and what was interesting to me in, in the face of all this. So, and that's what I always tell young people. It's just, you just gotta make, you know, there's so try, like, try, gotta, try. You gotta make a lot of stuff before you can make stuff like yourself, mm -hmm. you know? So like, that's just really what it's about and keep doing that. And, and nothing is possible unless you make time for it, you know? So if you want some, you have to try to find to make time for it. And if you're going to split hairs and try to like, work the full-time job, but then work at nights and weekends doing the stuff you really want to do, well then, you know, you're going to have to sacrifice. You don't have to do that, for instance, but I wasn't in a position where I could just quit my job and try to like, you know, I didn't have enough contacts yet. But when you do have a full-time job in those beginning years, you try to make contacts, you know more people in the industry. And through that whole process, you start to like carve out your little like your little nook, I guess, yeah. you know. And that's when so. doing that, I feel like, is so important. And it's almost like you're probably not going to have kids during that time. You're not, yeah. uh, you know, people are have been super critical of this, like, hustle culture right now. But it's it's time and place. I think when people watch oh. this stuff and he'll hear these stories, it's, it's not about 24-7 every day, like, until you're, 60 years old and you haven't taken a breath it's more yeah. of like when you're young you're trying to figure out what you're doing if you're in college should i go to college you know those beginning yeah. 20s and your 20s are are the time to yeah. grind put your head down figure it out so you can hey lift up your head smell the roses yeah. in your late 20s you early want. 30s if you want I mean, if you want yeah you know, but i think it's all uh, it's all situational you yeah. know and like i get the the i get the the criticism of uh hustle culture um but at the same time it's not really you don't really feel I, I think there's more criticism about i just think that like everyone should i think the problem starts happening where like if, if you have someone like me on the podcast right and i'm like well this is the way i did it so that's the way you <laughs> right, have right. to do it you, you have, have to give figure up your it whole out life. for you so if you i think people are more criticizing like like assholes are just like preaching to them that like the only way to become successful in life is if you give up your whole life and work 24 hours a day yeah, for something. Yeah. And I think that, that that's annoying, you know? Yeah. So 
I'm just telling you what I did. And even with your college transitioning into your career, I'm sure you would have had a very safe, successful career in design. And oh my gosh, you ended up at Apple. I'm sure yeah. they have a career track that you could have followed. And I, I just sure. think if you want that extraordinary job, whether it's art, whether it's YouTuber, whether it's these highly sought after jobs, which is crazy, now that they are in 2011, yeah. you know, it was such a different thing. Um, yeah. But you, you got to sprinkle a little extraness on it because it's not, yeah. it's not a normal job. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it's not normal at all. If you're going to become an independent, whatever, yeah. um, artist, creator, um, it's a, it's, there's no, there's not a lot of uh, road, blueprint. Right, right. You know, and How did you find your style amidst all that? I mean, what were you doing yeah. at these agencies and at Apple? Was it designed for the web? Was it in real life stuff? Was it, you know, like you said, book covers? And then how do you find yeah. what you're inspired by in the midst of all that? Yeah, in the midst of all that, you know, in my early three, four years while I was working, had a full-time job, I was just trying to do anything on the side. You know, like I said, like I was doing book jackets, covers on the side, I was doing posters on the side. And I was doing all these editorial, I did my first magazine, I did a Time Magazine cover. So I was like, oh, cool. really, tr yeah, I was doing a lot of things and trying to figure out who I was uh, as a creator in the face of all that and what my opinions were about things and like what I was trying to say. And then I got an opportunity in like 2010, 2011 to do my first mural. Um, and it was, I, I did this, it was kind of, it was like, they paid for like all the materials. Maybe they gave me $500, maybe it was free. I can't remember. I didn't care. I mean, that's the, those are the privileges. Like if you have a full-time job, you're a little bit like, okay, maybe I'll do this thing for free because I've never done a mural before and I just want to do it. Um, I think that the problem, you know, obviously brands shouldn't be like trying to get people to do free work for them. But this was a specific kind of, you know, as Ace Hotel in New York. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. They, they offered me a wall in, in, the, in the hotel. And I, I don't think I would have admitted it back then, but looking back and connecting the dots, I was like, deep inside was kind of this weird, like, all right, this is my chance. Like, I want to make something like that, that it feels, uh, that feels very meaningful to me in some way. Something that really like, you know, connects to me emotionally, physically. So I had never done a mural, but in my late teens, early 20s, I did paint houses for a living back in Cleveland, uh, right before I moved here. So I, I worked for this great guy and we paint, I painted homes on a hung wallpaper. So I have an idea, um, you know, all we did was work on walls for years. So like, I have an idea, you know, connect, connecting the dots, like there's a physicality that I understand coming up to a huge wall. It's not like intimidating to me. So, you know, doing my first mural, it was hard as shit. I locked myself in this room for three days, crying, never done anything <laughs> like this. I did, a, it, took me three, it took me three days to do a mural that would take, yeah, like it took me three days to do a mural that would take me like six hours now or something. Wow. So, you know, uh, and it was over Memorial Day weekend. I literally was like crying on the third day. I thought of shit. I didn't know what I was doing. Like. I was trying to project these things. I don't know what the process was screwed, but it was so stimulating. Yeah. I was just like, I walked out of there and I was like, how do I, I feel real. I feel alive in a way I've hmm. never felt before. Oh, now, how do I take this little nugget of a feeling and make that 
my life. Is that possible? I don't know. But like, I, can you have the audacity to ask yourself that? Can you have, can you, can you like, you know, think about what it would look like to do that? Can you start a process, a trajectory, like to, to go, to, to go for that? So I don't know. I was just like, I want to feel this feeling more, but I didn't know how I'd get more opportunities to do walls or whatever, you know? So what I did is just uh, the only thing I knew how to do was just fucking tell everyone in the world about this mural, <laughs> you know, and like put it like put it on an email chain, put it on Twitter, put it on whatever. I mean, it's 2011, so things were different back then. But like, uh, you know, share it with design. I got on some design, like graphic design blogs, and some people were sharing it. People literally loved it, and then that kind of led to another. Then it led to another kind of like mural that was like maybe free or for, for, for a couple hundred dollars or something and i did that and then i did one in my bedroom at my old place and like you know and then i, I so i just kept like trying to play that game and like mm -hmm. do a little bit put it out share it and it's and all about starting that momentum and it's, yeah, exactly. it's hard to start and of course, you know, like, like you said, you don't want to encourage brands to, to reach out to people for free work. But when it's someone who is just starting out, you know, you could argue that the brand is taking the risk that it's going to suck. Yeah. And so yeah. when it's when it is kind of that, those, those opportunities are so special. I remember one of the videos that changed my life. I got paid two hundred dollars to film all day and to basically take like 10 hours of footage and put it in a three minute recap video. Oh wow! And yeah, so like yeah, yeah. while I was filming and editing it, I was just like, oh my God, why <laughs> did I do this? But it ended up start those connections. W one thing led to exactly. the next. And it's that, it's that momentum that's hard to yeah, start, but once it gets going, it's kind of like game over. And you have to trust something with that momentum. You know, I see a lot of people, you know, they don't know and rightfully so, you know, it's hard to know, but like, you have to try to like dig deep and trust that wave a little bit, you know, and like, like let yourself go from one thing to the mm -hmm. next and trust. It's hard process. to take that leap. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. but you know, it's kind of a beautiful moment too, because you don't know when, I think at, at some point after you've seen a lot of things, it, you kind of miss that, that kind of feeling. We should talk about it because yeah, I, yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, you know, I feel like in a way I've kind of arrived. It never feels like you've arrived, but okay, you have steady income coming in. You hire a few people, you look around, you're like, okay, all right, I made it my job. This is cool. Yeah. But when it's officially your job, you kind of do lose a little bit of that spark, you know, when you're on yeah. hour number 10 of an edit that you've probably done a hundred times over, you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, hmm, what's next? How do you how do you keep that spark alive for, for you? No, it's hard, you know, and I, I think what happened for me is that it was about two years ago, 2018. Um, I kind of, I, I, so I launched a, a global Uniqlo collection um, that was really incredible. And I, I sold 1 million units with Uniqlo in like seven months. And I was like in Hong Kong and I was in London and I was in LA, I was doing all these things with them. And it was, it was just like all, you know, all, like for, for years I've been writing, doing all these writings on Instagram just for myself, you know, garnering an audience, just my thoughts and stuff. And sometimes I put them on walls or whatever. And sometimes like brands would work, but they were just me. And the fact that like, you know, I did this like huge collection with Unico, it was like 36 shirts. And many of them were just the writings that I've been doing, you know? So it was just like this thing that came full circle. And in this way, I was like, I remember I was walking in Hong Kong and I was like, dream like you know i'm like here 
my faces on the not that people knew what the hell I was in in Hong Kong, but like they were putting they my face was like in the store on on walls, you know, like this collection and shit. And like I was like really I was going through a lot of depression at the time. And I felt like I didn't know like all these years. I mean, here's the thing about the 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 quote unquote hustle culture, you know, like after all these years of kind of like putting work first and my career first and trying to find my you know, who I was and in the face of all this, like I kind of woke up one day in Hong Kong and really like, like being like, what the, what the hell does any of this mean? You know, like who, if I don't have, you know, if I'm letting relationships fall by the wayside, if I'm not forgetting to call my mom back, if I'm like, you know, just kind of like, just stumbling through life, just all about my work, for what? What's the meaning of all this, you know? And like, I felt really disconnected in a lot of ways. And it kind of, you know, I went through several months of depression and like there, and then I got back into therapy and it, it just like, you know, I kind of came out the other side of that kind of with a new taste for like, what the hell I want to, to be in this life, you know? And like why, and not always put work first, you know, like to, to, to be more mindful about the decisions I was making in my career, with my work, with my life, my personal life. Um, and, uh, you know, I think through that, I'm, I'm pretty grateful for it because I've, I've been the last two years, I've felt more, um, uh, I don't know, more declarative about what I'm doing than I had been, you know, for, for all those years that I was just kind of grinding. That was great. This is all about the question never matters in these, in these convos. But thank yeah. you for sharing that because I think it's very, very easy, especially when things go by so quickly with Instagram and, and social media. You put yeah. something out, it's on to the next. You put something out, okay, it's on to the next. Yeah. And it, it feels exactly. like a treadmill sometimes. So yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to you be mindful yourself. about it. Yep. You lose yeah. yourself in that. And you're always, it's, it becomes insatiable, you know? You're always worried about the next thing and the next project or whatever or some people i'm not worried about but a lot of people are worried about whatever their followers follower account instagram things and it's like it becomes it becomes never ending you know what i mean and like you have to try to find uh peace or or solace or or you have to find meaning in the in, through all of that you know somehow Otherwise, what's the, I mean, really, truly, like, what is the point of all this, you know? And if you do, I mean, this sounds like very fatalistic and like uh, bold, but like if you're doing things in the face of death, right? In the face of your inevitable death, how are you gonna make decisions? Going, like, if you think about it, you know, like at any moment, any one, of, uh, any one of us could die. And like, what are you doing right now? You know, and like, what are you saying? What are you trying to put out in the world? And how are you, I don't know, how, how are you taking advantage of the, of, the, of the people you have, not taking advantage in a bad way, but taking advantage of the, the, the good fortunes of the people you have in your life and, and, and building off of that, so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know for me, when it, when it came to just the churning of YouTube videos, I got to a point where I'm like, okay, I gotta, I, I gotta have essentially a side hustle again. Cause that's how everything that yeah. I love and do today started. And it, it's something that I have to continually remind myself. And it's kind of like what this podcast is. It's like, okay, I lose more money than make money off of it. Sure. But 
man, the conversations that I have with people and the connection I have with people and what people are able to just graciously share to the audience about their journey, about how they got to where they are is like so worth it. And I, I think it's important to just keep those because you forget about it too. You're like, oh, okay, man, do I have enough time for this? Or, okay, but you know, it's like yeah. good for the soul, I feel like. No, some, some of, of course. Things. Yeah. And it can be very small. You know, I started learning French a year and a half ago. And Love then for, for five months, I, I kind of worked to figure out, I, I decided I wanted to go to Paris for three months and and continue learning French and just live a, a French life for three months and buy a baguette every day. And I was like, well, how am I going to do this? Yeah, obviously I work for myself. So a lot of times I can work for anywhere. So, so I, I have a good fortune of doing that. Um, and, and I kind of worked to figure that out. And I went to Paris, you know, I like, I never, I never got to do a, 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 like a, a study abroad in college. Yeah. So I was like, what if I did it now in my third, you know, I like, so that. it was like, well, I went and it? I went, Man, you know, that bag baguette every day. Tell me oh. about that. that you know, I'm such a bread, carb person. <laughs> you know, there's bread laws in in France. Like what? That's what makes the bread so good. Is that they're, they're you can only if you bake a uh, if you do a, if you bake a baguette in the morning, you 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 can't sell it the next day. That's it. Wow. You can only sell it, and you can't use any preservatives or additives. So if you buy a baguette in the morning and, and by the night it's already like super hard, you can't even eat it because there's no preservatives or anything. So wow. so. And so the, so it's that much more healthier, you know, and like, it's not yeah. like processed the way. It doesn't just America. sit in your body. That's what I hear. They're yeah, like, Hey, over incredible. in Europe, you could, you could eat as much bread as you want. Not, not worry about. Yeah. And a lot of <laughs> a cheese, lot of you stuff. know, people who have a lot of like dairy issues or whatever, like they go to Paris and like, it doesn't affect them. So, oh God, I was living the French <laughs> like all the way three months. It was incredible. It was just like one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. But that was about, you know, had I not gone through that like really bad moment in 2018 and going through depression and all this stuff, like I came out the other side saying, okay, like what do I want to do for me, you know? And what do I want to, not for my career, not for some, you know, whatever, what do I just want to do for me? And how do I work? How do I start making, how do I start like making those decisions and, and letting that penetrate my life more? Um, and so that's really important, you know, and as far as my work is concerned, it's like, I want to continue to, I want to connect with people. I want to talk about things. I want to tell stories. I want to share content about my life and, and who I am and, and all of that without fear of, of like a brand deal or like any of that kind of stuff, you know, like, I think that obviously like we all have to make a living and stuff and, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm a human being, you know, and like, I think it gets really like disjointed because of social media. And so I'm, uh, I just want to be as human as possible, you know, like mm -hmm. at all times. So I love that. What are some misconceptions about Paris that when you were there, you were kind of living there for a few months that is it true that, Hey, they're rude to Americans. Did you, did no, you experience that? No, I don't that? think that. No, I don't think that. So you've never been to Paris? I have. I have oh, okay. once. But it was on like one of those school trips. And I've yeah, always yeah, wanted yeah. I've always wanted to go back as an adult. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. so funny when you when you talk to people about Paris, there is kind of this like, ah, oh, they're like so I don't rude see that. there. And... But here but here I also like over overtly romanticize New York. Like I don't think yeah. the New Yorkers are rude. But, yeah, but we know. have like we have a, a reputation, so it's the same mm -hmm. thing to me. Like, I think that 
Especially okay, when you're yeah, trying sure. to speak their language too. You're being respectful of where you are. Yeah, and, but yeah. here's the thing about Paris, you know, like Parisians generally like a lot of them speak English, especially like waiters and stuff like that. So like mm -hmm. you try to speak French and they just speak back to you in English. Like, and <laughs> like, like yeah, you could, you could take that as rude, but they're also trying to work on their English too. Like they're yeah. not really like, I never felt like anybody was rude. Uh, I only thought people were fascinated with like, they wanted to talk about Beyonce and like whatever the hell. Like, <laughs> I love my, that. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I don't know. I don't know. I think Paris is, is like my second favorite city in the yeah. world. So, well, like, your um, Insta stories were just gorgeous. I was so jealous. <laughs> I was livid. I was livid. <laughs> I, was like, oh. I was like throwing down. I was like, this is, I, I, I felt like, okay, I owe this to myself. Like I'm doing yeah. this, you know? Well, I mean, so. and it's, it's so inspiring. I get so much inspiration from just the surroundings. That's why I love New York so much. So yeah. when else are you going to have time? to just go live somewhere for a month. And yeah. of course, Corona has slowed that down and kind of messed up the plans. No one wants Americans in their country, which, you know, no, I understand. We're not but... allowed to go anywhere <laughs> yeah. it's like... So maybe we'll have to wait a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> but what in, so I'm such a big fan of, even though I suck at all things design. And of course, when you're a creative of any type, I feel like you always try to dabble in other things and you're like, oh, well, if I can do this, I can do that. Yeah, graphic yeah. design is always something that I was like, oh, it doesn't matter if you have an eye for it. This is a this is a craft you got to work on. I, I've always been so inspired by people and you went to SVA. So do you know Debbie Millman? I'm sure you're tight. Yeah, with yeah. Yeah. Debbie Millman is a good friend of mine. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I've I've interviewed her before and I've seen, you know, what she's built and that's been she's so been on inspiring. This so she's been on my YouTube channel. Okay, so, okay, okay. yeah, yeah, I definitely need to get her for a round two. Um, but she's yeah, involved yeah. with Adobe. So I got to yeah, hang out yeah, with yeah. her during my residency at Adobe. She's um, the best. Yeah, she's she's so sweet. And then, you know, I watch episodes of abstract on netflix and they mm, they had an yeah. episode with paula share share how yeah, do you say yeah. her name paula share yeah. yeah and she's so talented and you you see the office and the cool graphic designers at their desk work, working away and yeah. it's so cool to see what they've built but in a way you know that is i would say like the the traditional design work now and what do you see yeah. as your north star for building that because i watch that i'm like oh it'd be so cool to have that new york office to have your 10 mm. employees to no, have all this not... work yeah so what is what yeah. is that for you well i'm no longer i'm not a traditional graphic designer by any means anymore um you know that's like my foundation going to school and having my corporate jobs in the beginning but i don't do i you know many i mean i communicate something so like at the at the core of graphic design is a communication you know that's a i call it you know communication design or um and so yeah i'm communicating but i don't have a, a real desire to uh to i don't i don't make things like i'm not making logo although i can and i would but i'm not generally like making logos or brand identities you know i have no interest like a logo is different but I, I have no interest in being making brand identities for 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 you know corporations or brands or whatever it, you know I, i'm more interested in being my own entity and doing um and and, and partnering with the brand for our voices to, to to marry together you know or, or for my voice to filter through a brand you know so whether that's a, a mural or an animation for tiffany and co or whatever it is or clothes or packaging or you know uh any kind of thing like that um i'm more interested in that kind of uh partnership rather than like 
a traditional a traditional design studio is not supposed to be about your voice right right you know what i mean it's supposed to be about honoring the the, the i did you know bringing out the voice of the brand or the whatever right um right. so inherently it doesn't really work i'm more i'm kind of venturing more into just art or, or il illustration or all these kind of things. I don't know. All these labels, they just get, they just yeah. get me all confused anyways. <laughs> just, you know? just let my me grandma, be who I want to be. <laughs> my grandma calls me an artist. So like, I, I used to think that was like, you know, not cool. Like, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, don't call yourself an artist. You just come off like, but whatever. My grandma calls me an artist. So I'm an artist. Um, <laughs> I love that. But yeah, I mean, I, but, I'm, but at the heart, I am trying to communicate something. And, and I used, I, I learned all my, my lettering and all the things I do with words, that all comes from my graphic design background, you know, and, and you're sitting in, in, in design school in junior year, like for four hours learning about kerning and lettering and like what makes, uh, you know, like what, what are the different uh, uh, attributes of a character? Like what's the, the round part in the R? Like you learn all this shit in design school, you know, and like you're getting quizzed on this and you're making your own typefaces and all of that kind of stuff. So like, I, I learned that, but I also learned, I had great teachers that taught us about how to say something, you know, and like how to like, and, and, and how to marry the, 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 the skills you learn with, with finding your voice, you know, and saying something in this world. So um, by, by, that, by the, that definition, I think I'm trying to do, our, I'm doing all right. So. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. For people who want to build their own, because essentially your typeface, I would call it, do you have it like to where you can consistently, like is everything freehand or do you actually, have you designed your own typeface where you can go into Photoshop and, and type yeah. it out and have it, your letters? Well, well, yeah, I've just, so I've, I've designed my own typeface. I do have that and I've designed typefaces for brands who've hired me to do it for like, you know, I do, I've done hand letter, handwritten typefaces uh, and work with a type uh, typographer to, for brands um, who have hired me for that. And then they use it for whatever they want. Like it's, uh, and then I have my own, like, so I write these stories, you know, on Instagram, like memories of girl I never knew. And like that, a lot of that's a typeface, but now, but, but, but if I'm doing something that's just like a big, like phrase, like whatever, something I would write, um, that's, Minimum, like that's all just hand. That's just done by hand. Okay. Okay. Or if I do these big chunky like mural, like all that's done by hand. Um, yeah. You can't like can't make a typeface out of that. Yeah. It's all. Yeah, I'm it, fascinated every... by. Excuse me for getting very granular, but I <laughs> I'm so fascinated. Like I I follow like a lot of typeface artists on on Twitter yeah. and stuff, and I'm always like, how do they do that? I'm so fascinated by what makes a letter like appealing you follow when you say typeface you mean like a hand letter like where or it's hand, like more of a yeah. piece of art hand, what do you follow well, give us some shout outs so i follow people who and i need to i'll link in the show notes guys the specific people i follow i i'm just fascinated stephanie lynn can, everyone should follow stephanie okay, lynn she's okay. great Amazing. Lauren, Hall, Lauren Holm. I'm just giving some random shout outs. Oh, I love it. No, I love it so much. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm always fascinated by people who do stuff that I can't do, but I can still geek out over it. That's why I just, I yeah, love those yeah. shows. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. That's how I feel about music. <laughs> yeah. Who, who, who's your favorite artist? Who are you listening to right oh now? Oh my God. We're getting right into this. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Timmy. Favorite artist now or favorite artist ever? This okay. Let's start with all time. Let's start with all time. Okay, top five, no particular order. Bob Dylan, I'm a massive Bob Dylan fan. 
So what you have to understand about me is that like, I can't just like someone's music. I have to know every single thing mm-hmm. about them, like everything. <laughs> so like, and watch every documentary and every yes. old like 19 yes. whatever YouTube interview, rare, unique, that's never been seen. Yeah. Even in, uh, Remastered, like, 4K. Just, like, listen to everything. <laughs> so, okay, uh, Bob Dylan, um, uh, uh, Kanye West, so sorry, I know. But it's the truth. It's the truth. He's like the soundtrack of my my whole life. Uh, Who would be third? Fiona Apple. Mm. I'm obsessed with. Always have been. I think. See, these people like I'm. I love the people who keep redefining their careers and their styles, and 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 like never just kind of settle whatever worked, and also like make their audience come with them. You know, like it's not about like going with whatever trend or going where what they want the audience wants you to go with. It's about you doing what the hell you want to do because you believe in it and you think it's dope, and then people follow. You know, and like that—that's what I'm all about. Like I just think that that's the the coolest. So, okay, yeah. wait—that's only three. Miles Davis because I'm um, I'm a massive jazz fan. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know way too much about the history of jazz. I've watched. Um, <laughs> There's a 20-hour documentary <laughs> that oh is called Jazz that was made by... Um, is, he, is it Ken Burns? Yeah, Ken Burns. Yeah. So he did a jazz documentary. 20 hours. Classic Ken. From, from 1850 to like present day, but generally like in the 1960s when wow. jazz started dying away. I've watched that like 10 times in my life. So that was four people. That's four. Do you have a, a fifth and final? Um, a fifth and final... <laughs> might have to be maybe Stevie Nicks. Okay. Or Led Zeppelin. I like old <laughs> I like old 70s rock. Yeah. I can get into I, probably Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I was yeah. obsessed with them in high school. Have you watched the documentary um about Beats and Dr. Dre and uh, Oh yeah. I, yeah, that's Johnny true. I or whatever the his name is. It was yeah, so yeah. cool to see the footage, the old school footage of him and like Stevie Nicks and Stevie him Nicks just hanging and- out in the just recording and hanging out with you know these legends it's so cool to see old footage like that to just see yeah, where yeah. legends start and everyone knows everyone yeah everyone knew everyone yeah tom petty no. and all that stuff yeah, yeah also yeah. they were giving each other songs and stuff like someone would write it and then someone else would sing it and like all that's so, like i get really fascinated by all that stuff i like to know all like little nooks and crannies well timothy thank you for sharing that in the last few minutes just gonna roll out the red carpet. What do you have going on in your life? What is, what do you, what are you most excited about? Tell me a little bit about you know these epic billboards that are up in LA. What what's up with that? You have so many cool things going on. Yeah, um, I just finished the one ex, one project that I'm so excited that's gonna come out in the next couple of weeks. I did a, a um, I helped design and create uh, original art all over this uh, huge basketball court. At a, at a school, a brand new school, not a brand new school, but it's a brand new like refurbished playground at a school in Brooklyn. Uh, and it's, it's all for the Kevin Durant Foundation. Um, so we worked together to, um, so I did like the entire court uh, inside the three point line outside and it really combination of my book, both my styles and like big chunky letters inside the three point line. And then I hand drew all over this basketball court. Um, and so it's it's huge. It's epic. I'm very excited about it. I'm mostly just excited to do something like this. It's such a large scale for community in Brooklyn at this school for these kids to play on. Um, and so uh, that that should be out soon. And um, 
I'm just, you know, continuing to do more work like that, kind of public art for communities, for people, uh, leaving things for people, you know, to, to, to kind of like, you know, even just to see and smile at, you know, um, that, that brings me so much joy, you know, when I do those kind of things. So that's going on. Um, what else? I don't know. There's a couple other things that are going on that are kind of still on early on. The billboards, yes, there, there's billboards in LA that I did with this cool company called Rareform. Now they're like an upcycle. Uh, they take uh, existing billboards that are going to get thrown away and, and they, rec they, they make other billboards with that, with that um, you know, they like re upcycle it, repurpose the billboards. Uh, and they made merch out of it, bags. Mm, that's cool. Um, and so I did a bunch of billboards and then I'm gonna have a, a, some products come out with them, some bags. That's so cool. So basically they, the billboard comes down and then parts of the billboard become bags that's and wallets and stuff like that. So it's really cool. Um, so yeah, that's the awesome. billboards are up around LA right now. So Epic, yeah. love it. Timothy, yeah. I'm such a fan. Thank you so much for, for being for on. Of course, of course. And everyone, you can check out the show notes to check out his social, check out the projects. For the people who are a little lazy, don't want to go into the show notes, um, where can yeah. they find you on Instagram, Twitter, um, and anything else? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Timothy Goodman. Twitter, you have to do Timothy O. Goodman. So some jerk took Timothy Goodman like <laughs> in 2009 jerk. and has two <laughs> tweets ever and never oh. used it. That's and then right. I'm sure if you reach out, he's like $1 million for the handle. $1 million. Yeah. So Timothy Goodman on Instagram, um, Timothy O. Goodman on Twitter, although I don't use Twitter that much anymore. Um, but sometimes you'll see me spouting about politics on there. Epic. Uh, yeah, that's what it's for now. <laughs> and also follow People of Craft on yes. Instagram. It's a uh, it's a initiative, a, a project that I co-created with my friend Amelie Lamont which is a, it's basically just a resource center of creatives of color, black and brown people in the fields of art, design, photography, you know, things like that creatively. And it's just a, a resource, a resource website and the Instagram that just, you know, to, for you to discover and give more visibility to folks maybe you haven't heard of who are super talented in all kinds of creative fields. Love that. Um, and so that's always being updated on Instagram. So Love it. Yeah. Timothy, thank you so much for being on. If you're listening thank right you. now, make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. And until next time, y'all, thank you for listening. Bye.